Well, it's my pleasure to present to you and welcome as she speaks on No Fear, here, our own Ivory Stone. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? It's a great day, isn't it? What an awesome job the praise team was this morning. I mean, you guys are always, you know, on it, but you guys were on it today. It was really a blessing. It just drew me into more worshiping of my God, and I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Well, thank you again, Pastor, for allowing me the platform, and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this amazing day. We thank you for the privilege of hearing your word Lord, I thank you for allowing me that responsibility and that blessing. Father, I ask you to have your voice on my voice. Father, I bless every household represented here today. Lord, I'm asking you to give us a hearing ear and a heart to receive and a mind to perceive what thus saith the Lord. And I take authority over every contrary spirit, every deaf, dumb, mute, halting, hostile spirit that will try to keep us from receiving today. In the name of Jesus, your assignment is canceled. So we open our hearts to you, God. I pray, Father, that you bless us as we stand in agreement to receive what you have in Jesus' name. And the people said, amen. amen. Tell him I'll call him back. Okay. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about the, the message, which you've heard. No fear. Hear? You understand? No fear. You got to hear that. You got to hear what God is saying. See, if God be God, if God be God, why be in fear? Why be trembling? Why be scared? Why, why be alarmed? Because God is God. You see, fear is a great tactic of the enemy. It's, it's a distract tactic to get, to get you away from your peace, from your position and authority, and from your power in God. So fear, we know the acronym of false evidence appearing real. It's a fake out. And it's come to intimidate you and, and attempt to render you defenseless by its, by its barking and railing and taunting you up in your face. So we do have some everyday realities that are kind of scary from time to time. There's a lot of fear factors that creep up. On the, on the external side, you know, we have wars and rumors of wars all around the world. We've got terrorism that we're facing on a scale that we never faced before. We've got the CNN and the media uh, prophesying gloom and doom. So you gotta watch your ear gate and your eye gate as you're listening to all of these, uh, these things that, that, that have come to intimidate us. Then you've got personal challenges. You know, we've got relationship challenges. We've got stuff happening with the kids and the spouse and in the workplace and life itself. You've got health issues. And then personally, you've got maybe fear of failure. 
maybe shame and rejection. You've got inadequacies that perhaps you're dealing with. Will I make it? You've got your past haunting you, and you've got the fear of the future because there's so much uncertainty in the world today. So it can be scary even to faith-filled people, the people of God, even to his elect, because fear is going to distract you from your faith and dissuade you from, belie from believing in God all the time. We don't want to believe in him all, the, you know, like completely because it's like, do I look at the fear or do I look at the faith in God? I'm torn between the two. But fear will cause us also to abandon our assignments, the things we're called to do because we lose sight of the authority that we have rather than standing on the word of God. Mm -hmm. So I think we've allowed it. We've actually let it happen. We've allowed ourselves to be intimidated and frustrated because this fear tries to scare us away from who we are. We are children of the Most High God. So then fear is a permitted response, right? It's our choice. We choose to go there. So we're willfully victimized. We're deceived. We're robbed, yielding to a lesser God. Why are we doing that? We're forgetting who we are, and we're forgetting whose we are. My question is, did we ever really know? I love this quote. Fear is the passion of our nature which incites us to provide for ourselves and our security on the approach of evil. You know, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. We become defensive. I got to protect myself. I got to look out for me. I got to help me out. I got to take care of my own. So we run and we hide and we sign up for the NRA of West Covina. National Rifle Association, because I need a gun. Help my, take care of me. That ain't right. That ain't right. Because we're trying to fend for ourselves. But do we pray? We're busy looking out for us, but do we pray? So we're trembling, and we're shaking, and we're stressing, and we're worried, and we're nervous. I'm afraid. We're crying it out loud. I'm afraid. We fear. But do we reach for the word? Do we look to the hills from which cometh our help? Wow, fear, fear. And we especially fear the unknown. And to too many people, God is the unknown. We don't know him. Do you know that fear is really a result of the sin of Adam, the curse of Adam? It's a perversion. And see, that sin caused broken relationship with God. It caused a disconnect from God, and it brought on man's independence from God. So Adam, brother Adam, was so out of order because he should have been screaming at that serpent and redirecting his wife away from disobedience. But what was he doing? Yielding. He wasn't paying attention. His mind was on mute. That's a dangerous place. So by Adam's sin, dysfunction and disorder and fear entered the world and encaged our lives. See, he forgot his identity. 
He forgot who he was. He forgot whose he was. And he certainly forgot what God told him. Leave my tree alone. Okay? So disorder and obedience kind of clog up the grace arteries. So then your heart gets congested with fear and lack and imitation, intimidation and limitation. Just the things you need to shut your life down. Amen? So with the mind on mute, we get kind of stuck. But thank God for Jesus, the second Adam, who came and gave us back our identity and repositioned us in God and our purpose. So now the Bible tells us, do not fear. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do you know 365 times? That's one for every day. So that's bread for every day. That's fuel for every day. That's proof for every day. I do not have to fear. And God presents it as a command. It's not a menu item. It's not a suggestion. So I'm exhorting you today. No fear. Here, no fear. You don't have to fear. Are you hearing what God is saying to us? To help you out, Psalm 85, verse number 8 tells us, I will listen. I will listen to what the Lord, and that word Lord means boss, by the way. I will listen to what the Lord says. He promises peace to his people. So that's also a clue that I need to belong to God. I don't belong to myself. I belong to God, especially if I'm bearing the name Christian. See, when we let Christ out of that title, then we're just being Ian's walking around here, helpless and defenseless and jacked up. And you know what? Here's a thought. If you don't listen to your boss at work, how long do you think you're going to be at work? <laughs> Not for very long, I don't think. So number one, we got to listen, listen, listen to what God says. No matter what fear is saying to your heart, no matter what, what intimidation is coming against you, no matter what, what it looks like in your life, you got to listen to what God is saying. And secondly, you got to believe what he says. You've got to believe what God says. You know, God is the only non-liar ever, the only one. Because if he says something, that's what it becomes. But he's not going to lie to you. And thirdly, we got to receive. Last week, Pastor was talking about the concept of receiving, receiving the word of God. In other words, you got to take ownership of that word. You got to make it your own. You got to believe it and make it your own. Hallelujah. You know, when, when, you, when you buy something, when you purchase something, you don't just look at it like, oh, it should be nice if I would drive that car. It'd be nice if I had that outfit on. And it's, sit, it's, sit, it's standing up in your closet, sitting up, hanging up on your closet. You just, that's true. It's, it's in my house. I, I suppose I could put it on. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I believe I bought it. I know I bought it, but I don't know if I can wear it. How, how, how out of order is that? How, that's, that's a mind on mute, seemed like to me. So we got to receive it. Now, here's a thought. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing what God has to say. And we need the word because it helps deprogram us 
from the lies of the world and the flesh and the devil that we're encountering every day. And if you're working out in the world, the element of secularism is constantly hitting you. It's like lint on your black coat. So this stuff is on you. So when you get into the word, you, you can defrock yourself of all of that mess that lands on you on a daily basis. We need it. So then we take the word, then we got to say the word. We got to say the word to yourself. You got to say the word, say what God says to your circumstances. You got to tell that to the enemy. Get out. Your assignment is canceled. I will not fear because my God is here with me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So now you may be thinking, wow, God, God doesn't speak to me. I don't know if, how do, you, how do you know when God speaks to you? I don't think he speaks to me. Yes, he does. He speaks to us all the time. The problem is we don't hear or listen or read his text messages. <laughs> right here. You're not reading them. You're not believing them. You're not receiving them, and you're certainly not saying them because the devil's got to back up off of you. In the name of Jesus, you got to get the word. You see, the word is to your life and to your spirit what blood is to your body. You got to have it. You got to have it. And see, the word in print will introduce you to the word in person, Jesus Christ. You got to have it on a daily basis. And see, until you really know Jesus, you won't know that you can't ignore what he says. He becomes so significant and so important and so vital to your life. When you know him, you understand that you cannot interpret the word or edit it out and just do like your version of the word. You know, like it is a menu, which it is not. It's a mandate, it's a contract, it's a covenant, and it's for you. Hmm. So we got to follow it, we got to hear it, we got to believe it, we got to receive it, and we got to say it. And I want you to know this, the, the, the opposite of fear is not faith, it's love. The opposite of fear is love. How do you know that, Sister Pastor Ivory? Because I can read and because the Holy Ghost is my best friend. And see, when you get with the Holy Spirit, when you, when you allow God in your life, he begins to speak to you. He begins to give you revelation. He, believes, he, he begins to give you information because the Holy Ghost is an informant. He'll be telling you stuff, and he's a talking God. He's like Chatty Cathy. He'll be telling you, just telling you, telling you stuff. Trust me. Sometimes you're saying, TMI, Jesus, TMI. <laughs> But it's for, your, it's for your spiritual edification. Now, in, in 1 John 4, verse number 18, it says, I'm reading from the Amplified, there's no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it torment and the thought of punishment. Ever tell, tell people, God is mad at me. God is, no, he's not. He loves you. He loves you too much. He already was mad at Jesus on the cross, and he took all that, 
that anger and wrath out on Jesus. So he's loving on you. You, you got a, an escape there. So every trace of terror is gone. And the thought of punishment is gone. And the Bible says, and he who is afraid, if you're still afraid, it's because you've not reached the full maturity of love. Whoever is afraid has not yet grown into love's complete perfection. You've not grasped hold of the fact that God loves you so much. And see, God's love is perfect because he is love and he is perfect. So he loves us perfectly and completely. A lot of times we're loving God kind of, sort of, and partially, not full on, because we fear more than we love. And I think also we have a misconception of what love is. See, it's not a feeling, it's a choice, and it's a commitment. You know, we, we love pizza, we love pasta, we love pasta, wherever he is in the building right now. We love Christmas, we love swimming, we love green, we love cats, eh. sorry. Music, okay, dog, okay, fish. But do we really love, do we know what that is? We don't know the, the depth of its meaning. So fear can take advantage of you. So we fear, I think also, because we fear being a responsible, reciprocating partner in a relationship. For those of you who really want to get married, especially having that, that commitment to God. That's because, number one, we've had such, such uh, uh, bad relationships, bad experiences, and so many unrealized expectations in our life. So many disappointments. Things that woulda, coulda, shoulda happened and that didn't. And relationship is work. We're already tired. I do something else. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and secondly, the problem is we have not been in a real, genuine, intimate relationship with God. That's a major problem. And yet God is still saying, I love you. Fear not. Fear not. Because I'm with you. And my love for you, it says in Jeremiah 31, 3, is an everlasting, forever love, always and forever. Hebrews 13, 5 tells us that God says to us, I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you or leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. I love you, even though you complain about what you don't have yet. And you won't praise me for what you do have by my amazing grace. I'm still loving you. I'm still loving you, even though I can't trust you yet with the greater things that I have for you. I still love you, even though you don't worship me. You don't bring your tithes and offerings that I have for you. And I, I want to, maybe on our next uh, time together, October, I want to share some teachings about the tithe and the offering, and, and even the worship, because those are, those are graces that God has given us to bless the corporate body of Christ. 
And when we get into unity in those elements of worship, when you get to church on time and we worship as a people, there's a corporate blessing that's released. When you bring your full tithe and offerings to the house, you are blessing the entire congregation. Everybody gets blessed. You know that, uh, that blessing that you don't have room enough to receive? Has anybody had that experience? Anybody so, so full of blessings that if I wrote you a check for a million dollars right now, you say, Sister Girl, I, Pastor I, I, can't, I don't have room enough for another million. I don't, I, don't, I don't have enough room for that. You're going to have to take that back and give it to somebody else. Yeah, right. Okay. So I see we need some teaching on that, and we're going to try to do that next time. I want to just throw this little note out at you. Since 1979, I've had... I think six Mercedes, all S-Class, and a Jaguar, and I've not had a car note since 1979. I started tithing in 1978. So, the grace is real. So God is saying, I still love you, I love you, I love you. I love you no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter what you think, no matter what you believe. Because sometimes our belief systems are off. And he's still loving us anyway. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That sound mind word there in the Greek can also be translated self-control. So the power that that's, that verse is speaking of is the authority that Jesus Christ gave us over all of the works, all of the power of the enemy. Okay, and that, that mind that he's speaking of in that verse is not a mind on mute, but it is the Christ mind that will rule over your own thinking. And the love he's speaking of there, God is saying, that's me, myself, loving on you. For God is love, and he loves us in spite of us. Romans 2, 4 tells us that his loving kindness will lead us to repentance. It's a beautiful plan that he has. So then we do not, do not, do not have to live in fear. We do not have to live in fear ever. Hallelujah. You need to shout on that. But we do have to live in a faith, in, by faith rather, in a God who loves us beyond all of our comprehension. So that means I got to focus on God. I got to keep my eyes on God. I got to keep my heart connected to him. I got to have my mind on God rather than all the distractions around me that do not match God and do not match my purpose. I got to shut that down, protect my ear gate, my eye gate, and the things that come out of my mouth. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaiah 26 verse number three says, that God will guide, or sorry, guard him and keep him in perfect peace, that constant peace when your mind is stayed on him. When you commit to God and when you trust God, you will be, you will be stable and well able in the name of Jesus. So if we're going to fear, I encourage you today, you need to fear God only. Fear God only. When we fear God, it's, it's a reverential fear and awe and respect and honor of God. Amen? It's the fear of the Lord. That's the proper thing we should do as people of God. Proverbs 1.7 says the fe- that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
Chapter 8, verse 13 tells us that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. In other words, we walk without compromise. We walk in agreement with God. Chapter 9, verse 10 we're all familiar with this, that the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So you need divine understanding that will override your fleshly understanding in the world today, especially today. Chapter 10, verse 27 says that the fear of the Lord prolongs your, your days. You have a great life. He'll give you the, the fulfillment of your days because you are fearing and honoring and respecting and regarding God rather than anything else. Chapter 14, verse 26 says, the fear of the Lord, therein is strong confidence. You're walking in a Godfidence that no one else has because you fear God. Chapter 19, verse 23 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And that is the abundant life that John 10, 10 tells us about. Jesus gave us that, that uh, abundant parisos life that's superior and superlative in quality and quantity. That's what he wants you to have, people. And then in 22, chapter 22 of Proverbs, verse number four, it says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life, riches and honor and life. So I can stop being broke. So I can hug up on Jesus and learn some more about God and respect him and honor him. And my life is gonna be blessed because of that, amen? So let, let God be your fear and dread. Because you know what, he's already, already defeated every foe, every opposition that would come against you and your purpose and your life only because he loves you madly. He loves you with an everlasting love. And how does he do that? What are, what are, the, what are the indications of his love? Well, first of all, he gave us Jesus. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gives us his presence. He gives us provision and pre he preserves our lives. He gives us peace and his protection, his mercies. We have all access to all of his grace. And I love the fact that he gives us the certainty of his word. So by his love, God is saying, I am your God who called you and chose you to be mine. I called you and chose you to be connected to me in an irrevocable covenant irrevocable covenant so that you might depend on me. You can depend on my love. You can be sure of my power. You, can, you have an expectation that will not be disappointed. So then you can expect every needful supply, everything that you need for your whole life. You can expect to be carried through every work and trial and valley all the days of your life. Amen? So by his love, God is saying, don't be dismayed at anything or become weak as water, nor be distressed or broken because I will strengthen you in your soul, in your mind, your will, and your emotions, people. So you're unable to perform and exercise and experience grace, withstand opposition, and resist the temptations that come against you, and do all that is according to my will and my purpose for you. I'm going to help you out. 
I'm going to help you accomplish my will by the grace that I extend to you. Glory. By his love, God is saying, yes, I will and I am well able to help you, to heal you, defend you, and rescue you out of all your afflictions and out of the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. I'm going to help you know that my help is suitable and timely all the time since I'm faithful who promised you. So you need not fear what men or devils might try to do to you in the name of Jesus. That's a praise right there. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 23 says, even though I may walk in the, through the valley of the shadow of death and trial and difficulty and challenge and hateration, I will fear no evil for you, God, are with me. Look at Psalm 27. Verse number one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. My in, they stumbled and fell, not me, even though they were trying to knock me out. Verse number three says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me, and this will I, I be confident that the Lord is my light and my salvation. That word salvation means my rescue, my help, not just fire insurance, but my help all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God is saying, by my love, I'm going to hold you up with my victorious right hand of righteousness, either by my almighty power or by my son, the man Christ Jesus, the author of righteousness to my people, so that you grow on, that you grow, you grow on in my ways and my principles. Hallelujah, always. So then if God be God, and he is, why, oh why, why are we bent scared? See, we, we, we know well God's acts and his miracles, his history, you know, all the things that he performed in the Red Sea and then the Jordan and the, so many beautiful things to his story. What, what, a, what a spectacular show. But do we know his ways, his principles? Do we know his character, his heart? Do we know his mind? So when you think about those things, that's what validates and supports his words of love to us. They're, they're just more reasons to know and appreciate and reciprocate God's love for us. Amen? So the only reason we don't get it or receive all the benefits is that we have not availed ourselves to Jesus. We haven't made ourselves available to God. See, you got to choose to yield to God. Choose to yield to God being central, central at the core of your thinking, at the core of your life and your actions, your decisions, your total life. It's committing to God completely. 
Romans 11:36 says, for everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. And everything is for his glory. It's not about you. It's not about your dress, your stress, your mess, your test. <laughs> it's about God. Hallelujah. Looking at him. It's about get, giving God some glory from you and your life as it begins to develop into looking more and more like him, representing him in the earth so, so that he's seen everywhere you are. Does that make sense? See, God will never, 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 ever, ever, ever stop loving you. Never. It says in Romans 8:38 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So if you were to really grasp hold of that truth, it'll change your entire life. See, we, we can't allow challenges when they get louder than God's still small voice to distract or defeat us. So we got to listen, listen to hear, and then we got to focus to see and to remember God and his word of promise to us. We got to decide to put away fear. The idea is he wants his hands free. You know, in the, the, the law now in driving, you got to be hands free, right? So we're, we're walking in the spirit, whether we're driving in a car or walking in the street or walking around in the building. You got to be hands free. See, when your hands free, your hands are free to raise them up in praise to God. I'm raising my hands in praise to God. They're free. I'm not encumbered by my fear, by my challenges, by my struggles, by the things that would, would weigh me down. My hands are free to lift in praise, and they're also free to reach out to touch him and receive everything that he has for us, everything. That's what he wants for you. Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the, 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 the triumph, sorry, the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And the Bible says, there were even much more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That's pretty powerful, huh? So, as your thoughts begin to center more and more on God, trust is going to displace your fear and your worry because I'm looking at the king of glory and I'm not looking at what the enemy is trying to do for me. Why would I take my eyes off God? Why would I get up from laying on his chest and try to fight some devils? When God already defeated the foe. So as you're focusing more on God, like a seesaw, as your trust in God and your love in God goes up, the worry and the stress is going down, and then you'll be able to step on it like a footstool and get to the next level. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that part. I'm only five, four and a half, so it's really good for me. So we got to choose, choose. I made that decision to let go of fear and worry and be hands-free. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow the, the word in print to bring me to the word in person, my Jesus, and grow on in that. So, so we got to say, no fear here. No fear here. You hear me, devil? No fear here. And guess what you can tell? You can tell the... That fear, that devil. Bye, Felicia. 
ain't playing. I want to leave you with this. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear anything. Do not fear anything. For I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, a hand of power, a hand of victory, a hand of salvation. I am your rescue. In other words, I got you in the name of Jesus. You receive it today? Amen. Hallelujah. I know, I know we didn't talk about this, Pastor, but... I want to just pray in agreement with everybody here, anybody here, who's had some challenges with fear and, and struggling in your soul with that. Things, your past has haunted you. you. You still haven't felt that breakthrough to a next level of freedom in God. If you want to raise your hand, if you want to stand, I just want to pray over you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, your eyes are on your people. Your eyes are on your people. And as we release the word today, Father, release, we release the word to work in their lives, to work in the very core of their souls and their being. And I take authority over every spirit that is contrary to the spirit of the living God. And I decree and declare that your assignment is over. Your assignment is over. We release the peace of God, the power of God, that shalom, that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. We thank you, Lord God, for prevailing and presiding over these lives, for interfering with those things that have harassed your people. Lord God, we decree and declare your word has said that you will give us double for our trouble. So thank you for that recompense. Thank you for that reward. Thank you, Lord God, for the recovery. Thank you, Lord God, that as Nahum 1.9 says, this thing will never come back again. It will not come back upon them a second time and that your restoration is landing within them now in their households and over all the matters that the enemy has harassed. We take authority over it now. You are free, you are free to grow on in God. You are free to take back what has been stolen from you in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what we are receiving right now. Right now, right now. Now is faith, and now you are here. We thank you for that release in Jesus Christ's holy name. And the people said, amen. Hallelujah. Give God a praise.